And welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. TJ, and with me, as always, is Aaron, looking all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed over there. As always. As always. As always, <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed Aaron. Um, so this week is a continuation of last week. And if you missed last week, you got to go back and check it out because some of this stuff, we're just kind of picking up where we left off. Some of this stuff's not going to make a lot of sense to you, especially since we're going to dive right back into the this, this story that we were telling the last time. Our previous show and this week's show and probably the next th- two or three or four or ten shows are going to be on uh, fertility and infertility. And last time we left talking about um, – Aaron's struggles with infertility and the the stuff, the information that we found out and stuff that really m- misinformation, lack of information, just flat out, you know, lies and things that are omitted and just dismissed as not being relevant. And we're kind of knocking the dirt off that a little bit and saying, you know, some of this stuff really, truly matters. And at the end of the show, we were talking about myself rummaging through some research and calling people and getting in touch with, with things and, and, and really figuring out the sort of stuff that can be done to, to really improve egg quality. And we talked about egg quality a lot on our last show. And so basically, what one of the big things that we, we figured out was diet. And diet for us really wasn't an issue. We already had a very clean diet. We already understood right. a lot the of, diet com- component. A lot of that was, you know, it confirmed what we already knew and what we preached to all of you right. each week is that diet is hugely important, you know. Right. I mean, it I did probably lower the amount of carbohydrates. I was already eating was fairly already low. low carb. Um so th- but that's important. I mean, and get, right. you know, and I was already low sugar. And I mean, so diet was not a huge um, change for me, but it also told us, okay, diet alone is not the only thing because my diet was already pretty much on point. Right. So the first big step that we took, and we Erin has told her her stories on this show before. Um, for those of you who may be first-time listeners, uh, Aaron has three autoimmune conditions, and you know it's it's taken a long time to to get her straightened around and uh, and rocking and rolling. And in the last show, we talked about um, the fertility doctor saying basically, you know, we have to keep your TSH down. She has Hashimoto's, um, and so we've got to put you on levothyroxine to drive that TSH down. And they basically said that's an absolute must that you have to do while you're going through IVF um, just for that reason. And, on you know, on one side of the coin, yeah, it did. It lowered her TSH some. Not a lot, but some. But the problem was it lowered it, but at the expense of her thyroid antibodies. Her thyroid antibodies actually skyrocketed. We had them at the lowest that we had had them at in a long time before the levothyroxine was taken. And then those antibodies just flat out skyrocketed. And I'm just sitting here saying, okay, you're telling me that the that 
the levo is what you have to take and it does, the auto the antibodies don't matter and i'm that just doesn't equate in my brain i'm a common sense guy and if your immune system is all thrown off balance and work in one direction and pregnancy is a different way of your immune system functioning it just common sense tells me that there's no possible way that that can work that's a that's a teeter totter flipped the wrong way well and so and let me give a little bit of background so when we first went into first you know at the very beginning to this fertility doctor and I was on nature Throid and a very low dose but that low dose had drastically reduced my TSH and reduced my um, antibodies. So I was doing much better. Well, the fertility doctor said, okay, but your TSH isn't low enough and so put me on levothyroxine. Um, first started out on, you know, on one dose and we continued to increase it to get the TSH down. Well, after the first failed attempt, she said, you know, I, we need to lower it. We need, or I guess then we took that break after the first failed attempt because right. we said we're going to look into this and right. actually figure things out. Right. Well, then when but I stayed on levothyroxine that whole time, um, and then when we went back in, we checked my TSH again, and she said, "You know what? I want it even lower." So we increased the dose again. That was the point that you know we were both like you know TJ said to her, "Her antibodies are going to skyrocket if you increase this again." We're already having them increased. And we can't. My crystal ball I keep on the desk said, <laughs> told me that. I, I didn't actually know that that would happen, but no, but actually, I did know that would happen because that's exactly what happens. Well, and I mean, and, no and it looks. already had increased some, but, you know, he's like, you know, she's already not feeling well, but we're like, you know what? I don't, and I don't really know why now thinking back, but we were like, all right, we'll do it. Because again, I think we were still like, you know, at the very least, it's going to show her that this doesn't work. Um, so we increased it one more time, and it was disastrous. My my TSH went down really low, and exactly what he said would happen. Instead of like that, you know, those continual increases, the antibodies skyrocketed, yeah. and I felt horrible. So when we went in a month later, you know, she's like, "Oh, your TSH is where it needs to be," and we were like, <laughs> "I, if you think that it is a good idea for me to go through." An IVF cycle when I feel the way that I do and my antibodies are this high, we're this is crazy. And she's like, "Oh, I hadn't seen your antibodies. You need to see an endocrinologist." And we were like, <laughs> "Nope." <laughs> said, yep. I put my foot down. And said, "No, that's not going to happen." And that's really when we sat down with her and said, "No, listen, we're doing this the way that we're going to do it." Um, and and actually, I we may end up having this fertility doctor on eventually. She yeah. was great. She was amazing. I mean, she's amazing. like, you know what, we. You know, this is your show on that point. You know, like she's going to take care of the IVF portion. We're going to take care of making sure I'm healthy enough to do it. And she did say, you know, I'll work with you. The funny thing is, is that she was finishing up. What is it like the last board exam for like yeah, some, a reproductive endocrinologist yeah, or something? She so was, she was studying. It, it wasn't. Yeah, she was taking it was. uh it was they so for those of you out there who don't know doctors have to take when they're board certified they have to take their boards every so many years and it used to be every specialty was a different number of years and so now it's all kind of they're they're trying to make them all the same number of years so once you get board certified you're good for 5 or 10 years or whatever they set it at but that's what she was doing she was studying for her next her second or third oh, okay cert, you know recertification yeah. being board certified so but what was funny was so TJ starts explaining, you know, like, this is why I don't think we should go to an endocrinologist. And this is why I think that we need to do what we're suggesting we do. 
And she, I remember her just looking at him and being like, how do you know this? She's like, these are things that she's like, I know right now because I'm studying so hard. Like in all my free time, I'm studying to take this, you know, these board exams or whatever. And she's like, this isn't normal knowledge. And we're just laughing because, I mean, that's the It's reaction. normal for TJC because <laughs> exactly. I read all the time. <laughs> we get that reaction from people all the time that are like, what is, like, how do you know this how stuff? How do you know that? So I it just, was just, yeah. but it really, I think it was a turning point because she really then was like, okay, you know what? She even made a comment about, I really wish I had known this before. I would have made my studying a whole lot better for this section. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, well, sorry. We helped her with supplements and things to improve memory. I yeah. mean, she really jumped on board with this and actually has become a great referral source for our clinic, yeah. as have a lot of other fertility clinics at this point because we've helped their patients. And so- the trend is, you know, it's changing. Right. But um, but it was, I think, you know, I mean, as much as she ended up helping us, I think that, you know, we really opened her eyes to, okay, wait, there are different ways to there, do this yeah, also. There's, there's another way out there that can, you know, that can go hand in hand. Right. So, yeah, basically we moved Aaron back over to Nature Throid. Um, oh, yeah, and that a, was, oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, go that's ahead. what I was going to make the point, and I'm going to let you explain Nature Throid. But what I was going to say was we had been on a tiny dose of Nature Throid when we initially went to levothyroxine, and the levothyroxine dose then kept increasing and increasing and increasing. So we put me back on Nature Throid, but at like three times the original dose that I right. had been on because right. I had been on such a tiny little dose, and that was enough to keep it down. So and it was much smaller than the dose of levothyroxine. Right. Now, do you did you want to explain the difference? I, I can. Um, levothyroxine is a synthetic form of of the t- thyroid hormone T4. Um, your thyroid makes uh, it makes four hormones: T1, T2, T3, T3, and T4. We don't really pay much attention to one and two. But what we pay attention to is three and four. And your your thyroid makes a lot of T4, very little T3. Um, and then your body converts T4 into T3. T3 is the active form that acts on all of the metabolism throughout your body. And so when you, when you take Nature Throid, Nature Throid is a compounded um, medication made by compounding pharmacies, um, which are different than your big box chain pharmacies like CVS and, and Walgreens and things like that. Compounders are typically much smaller. And it actually has T3 and T4 in it. It has both thyroid hormones combined. And so the dosing is a little bit different. Um, knowing what to do and how to move someone through, it's a little bit different. It's just, it's just a different approach. Um, we're not relying on the, on the body to convert it because most of the time when people have thyroid issues, the body can't really convert it very well. And so that's, that's a bit of an issue. So that's what we did is we worked, we worked her back onto Nature Throid and got that balanced out. And it worked very well. Um, so we've got to take another break. Um, when we come back, we're going to just kind of talk about what the whole, you know, she, she looked at herself, Aaron looked at herself as pre-pregnant and we're going to talk about what that entailed and what that looked like. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm Dr. TJ. If you're, if you're just tuning in, Today's show, we're talking about uh, fertility and infertility, and this is a continuation of the show. Um, so go back and check that out if you if you missed it. Um, but before the break, we were talking about how um, Aaron had been on levothyroxine and 
the catastrophe that it that it had created because of the her uh, her Hashimoto's antibodies just skyrocketed, and we took her off and put her back on Levo. And I made a comment. You put me back on Nature. Or I put her back on. We put her back on Nature Throid. Sorry about that. Um, and so I made a comment right before the break that sa- that I said, you know, she basically started thinking of herself as as quote pre pregnant, and we just started this whole nutrition thing and just fixing of her nutrient status for lack of a better term to right. just supply the healthiest possible eggs we could. Well, and and slightly different than what you do just to make a healthy body because we had already been doing so many of the things that um we talk about on the show to make sure that I was healthy personally right. because uh, I do did have, you know, still do have three autoimmune conditions and um, you know, there were a lot of things that we had done to make sure that I personally was healthy. But looking at the research, there was a lot more that we were able to do to make sure that I was ready to actually have a healthy child. Right. So basically, we had decided, OK, well, we were going to if if it if it utterly failed again, we were going to at least be able to say we did absolutely everything possible to get success. Right. That's that's basically what I kept telling him because he's like, I don't we still don't know if this is going to work. And I'm like, right. I I'm not that's not even my focus at this point. Of course, I want it to work, but I don't want to look back and think, oh, what if I had tried that? Like, so we're going to throw everything we possibly can at it that we, you know, have some research that shows that it will help so that, you know, I don't have any regret that I could have tried harder. Right. So basically, um, we just said, you know what, let's give it a shot. We're not really expecting to see miracles, but you never know. They happen every day. So why not us? Right. And we've given it like six months, you know, to do all this research and really change things. Right. So we'd given, you know, me quite a bit of time. Well, quite a bit of time when you're in your late 30s <laughs> to um, to work on it. <laughs> I didn't say it, ladies and gentlemen. No. I did not say it. <laughs> I did not say it. Um, so, yeah. So we did this for about six months. We, I mean, we hit it hard, 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 hard with nutrition. I I got into, you know, making sure that there weren't toxic upper limits of things and making sure that we could do these things safely. And I called people. I, Like I said, I wasn't afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody. Right. And we're going to get into, you know, some of the specifics later. But, yeah, changing the dosage of things and also, you know, getting out a lot of, um, you know, any chemicals yep. that uh, because that was something that we had been concerned with, but not nearly as diligent about right. until we started reading the impact that it actually has on fertility. Right. So we basically, at, at six months, we, we went back um, and went back to the fertility doc, um, kind of did a routine check of the ovaries before they started the IVF, the stem meds again, and stimulation meds. Sorry, some of you are not trying to figure out, like, what did he say kind of meds? Stim- <laughs> stimulation meds. If any of you have gone through this, you know what I'm what we're talking about when we say stem meds. Um, and it was baffling the change that was actually visible. Right, Just already. Baffling. Just the number of follicles that I had. There were 
tons. There, there were there were fifteen eggs maturing. I mean, it was just crazy, and you know that's a that's a normal number, especially when someone's you know in her thirties, <laughs> um, an age. Um, again, um, you know that that really made me think. Okay, well. I think our odds are a little better. Right. Now. So things were looking good. You know, we went through the injections, the pills, the ultrasounds, the blood tests, you know, all the stuff that you go through with IVF. But it was looking much better, which, um, you know, made us hopeful, I think. Right. And so, you know, we, yeah, like she said, we pulled out the needles and the syringes and the drugs. And right. The- and much more this time because the protocol had changed. You know, I mean, right. having the failed IVF attempt, um, we, you know, I mean, we had talked to the doctor and she's like, you know, you throw everything you know how to throw at this and I'm going to do the same thing. So, I mean, you know, we were on a really, you know, uh, just a strong protocol. Right. So then we got to egg retrieval day and I, I knew because they told me before she kind of came to and was and was more with it. Um, they got 10 eggs. All mature, ten mature eggs. So this was this was kind of nice, but you have to when you're going through IVF, you have to they fertilize these things, and then they have to make it to the five day mark. Um, at the five day mark, these things are called blastocysts, and that's either that's when either they will transfer them. Generally, I mean, sometimes some people still do it at three day blastocysts, but. Um, most fertility clinics don't do that because you have a lower success rate at three days. Right. They have found that if, you know, those that make it to five days have a much better success rate. In our case, we were doing pre-genetic testing. So yep. at five days, any of the ones that made it to that stage were going to be frozen and then tested to make sure they were chromosomally normal because at my age, um, and, you know, I mean, it's a risk at any age, but especially as you get older, you have a higher risk of chromosomal abnormalities. Right. So they they took our ten eggs and then um, fertilized them, and every single one of them had survived and became a blastocyst. This is kind of unheard of that all ten out of ten made it to day five, um, and so we were kind of impressed with that. And so then they sent them off for genetic testing, um, and we ended up. After the genetic testing, we found out that of the 10, four were chromosomally normal. So we had four little ones. Right, which is great because at the first cycle, we had zero. Right. So, um, I mean, you know, we made it to – we had some. I think we had – And the at the first cycle, we, we didn't even talk about the first cycle. The first cycle, I forget how many we had, 10 or 12. How many was how many eggs did we have the first cycle? I thought it was yeah, like nine or ten, but maybe it was. And all of them fertilized, all of them made it to day five. None of them made it beyond that. I think was how that went. No, we made. I don't it. know. We 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 black that memory out. You, it was a. We big, had five that made it to day five. Oh yeah, five that made it to day five. Yeah, half half. Yeah, we went from fifty percent to a hundred percent. We had half that made it to day five, and none of them were were um, chromosomally normal. So. They were all discarded. Right. Which was tough because you would think out of five, you know, we were right. hopeful. They were like, OK, we just need one. Right. I right. mean, so. And we yeah. had zero. And we then we zero. went 10 for 10 and then ended up with four normal. That's exactly right. You're right. right. I'm sorry. Which right. is actually great at my age, again, because, I mean, we do know that you have a much higher risk of chromosomally abnormal 
embryos. That's why we did the testing. So having four was, you know, way better than what we expected. Right. The the uh, was that was that the was that the point at which everybody in the office cheered. <laughs> What? I don't know. You came out one of the times because I, I wasn't able to be at one of the visits and you'd, you'd said that everybody, they they told everybody what you had gotten and, and everybody cheered at the, <laughs> at the office. I don't remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I, I know that everybody was very excited at the, at the fertility off, at the fertility clinic. Everyone, all the nurses were super pumped that we had managed to go from zero to four. That was a big deal. Um, so then um, we implanted... And how many weeks after we implanted, did they, or how many days after we implanted, did they start testing? I don't know, like two weeks. Two weeks? Two-week window. Two-week window and positive. So we had a pregnancy. And so that was very exciting. And I feel like you're dragging this out, so I am still pregnant. Like, yes. I'm just like, oh, my god! I'm not going to be the one to say it, ladies and gentlemen. Not going to be the one to say it. I'm just like, oh, it's like pulling teeth with you. Like, you made this into the longest story. People want to know how they can fix it. So, yes, we... Um, we got 17 shows left. No, it's we gonna, don't. Like, right. people don't want to listen to it for that long. They do. They love us. <laughs> they love so, you. That's the comments yeah. that we get. So we really like Aaron. And that right to my face. I'm like, oh, that's great. Awesome. Glad, glad you like her. So, I am still pregnant. I am currently... Like, well, 30 weeks. Yep. So, um, so in February, we're due. But I, you know, I know I'm speeding this up. But really, this is why this has become so important to us. And this is why we know as much about it as we do. Right. Probably never would have any. I mean, you know, like we've talked about TJ had a lot of knowledge before this, but nothing motivates you like going through the experience yourself that's why we've talked about why he is so good at dealing with autoimmune conditions because i have autoimmune conditions i mean you know it's all of these things that it does change it if when you're personally affected it just does um because you can't escape it when you leave the office you are dealing with it 24 hours a day So, yeah. All right. We've got to take another break. So on that on that positive note, we've got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to really talk about some of the research and some of the information um, that can be very pertinent to you as if you're on your quest for um, having a little one of your own. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so if you uh, missed the uh, the story before this, um, you, you might want to just um, back up and listen to that a little bit because we basically uh, talked walked through the whole Aaron becoming pregnant saga. It was fun and exciting. Yeah. And here we are. And I'm pregnant, so and you can pregnant. just take that and yeah. we can move forward. <laughs> yeah, we can move forward. So she's pregnant, ladies and gentlemen. So if you missed all the story leading up to that, go back and check it out. Um, so... Some of the stuff that we learned on the way, um, it, you know, this is this is kind of some this will be some very informative things, I think. Um, and it's just kind of interesting from a clinical perspective for me. You know, once once we got into this whole fertility thing, more and more patients not even really seeking us out because they didn't know. We just didn't, we were we're very quiet about it. And we didn't really tell a lot. But, you know, where energy you know, goes, things flow. And so I was putting a lot of energy into fertility and and infertility and figuring out why people are in, uh, why women especially are infertile and 
and all of the nutrients and stuff that go around it. And I ended up with a lot of women in the office who had health issues, but then they were like, well, but I'm also trying to get pregnant. And I'm like, oh, well, it's kind of important that you do things this way. And I'd be like, look, you know, there, here's why and here's what's going on. And this is some research and, and so on and so forth. So Right. We, well, and it also became a more common question. You know, I mean, like we were always so focused on like getting people healthy. That's what they came in for. And it became a question of, are you planning on getting pregnant right. in the next year or two? Because, you know, then we need to start that now. You know, it's not just about getting your numbers to what a healthy person would be. We've got other things that we need to implement. Right. And so we, through this, I was basically looking at these large-scale studies um, that were looking at very specific things, effects like effects that toxins have on on a, a person, and what nutrient effects have on, but kind of the biological processes that that take place in the body, and then trying to identify identify rather influences on fertility and miscarriage rates in very large population studies. So where they're looking at thousands of people, and that kind of uncover the basic factors and things that really influence whether someone has success with IVF or not. Or without IVF at all. Yeah, you know, success exactly. rates just in getting pregnant naturally. Right. And it's actually, if you look at the success rates, it's it's kind of dismal, really. When you really go to think about it, it's the, the success rates of getting pregnant are not very high. And the older you get, the the they become significantly lower. And so that's something that, you know, I'm just like, I, I don't really understand. And, you know, when I step back and think about it now, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of chronic disease happens as we age, but we're also losing nutritional status as we age. So it would make sense that pregnancy and uh, outcomes would, would drop with age because it's really dependent upon nutrient status. And so diving through all this, I mean, I, I kind of came to the realization that a lot of doctors, fertility specialists in particular, I mean, they're super busy in their clinics. There's no way that they're going to get to this information and keep up to date with the stuff that's going on. There's just too much of it out there. And so I just... I just kind of learned that the, that the standard advice that IVF clinics give and fertility books, what they have to offer are just, they're not up to date with the research. Remember when I said, I think it was last week, I was talking about how by the time you get a research article, a big population research article collected, data you know, ran through statistical analyses and then printed, you're looking years down the road. And then by the time that data gets into a book, it's, it's, you're way behind. And so there's this big gap between what research is suggesting and what IVF clinics, not all of them, but some of them are still the nutritional recommendations that they're still clinging to. And definitely the textbooks are behind. Right. And well, and I think that was surprising even to our fertility doctor when we were talking to her, because, I mean, she was as up to date as she ever was because she was going through the certification, right? Um, you know, to keep her certification and... We were bringing up research things and she's like, you know, what? What are you? I mean, and so she knew exactly what the textbooks were saying and none of, you know, I mean, this stuff wasn't discussed. Right. So, I mean, like like we said last week, one of the one of the big things out there 
with regarding research and stuff is is this stuff called BPA or bisphenol A. Um, it's a toxin. It's in a lot of plastic um, store, food storage containers. It has a massive negative effect on fertility and IVF success rates. But a lot of the research on that particular substance is really relatively new. They know it's a toxin for for children. We know that we can't expose kids to it. If you go into, like I said last week, if you go into a, a children's store like a Baby's R Us or a Bye Bye Baby or someplace like that, and look at the look at their cups and their pacifiers and their bottles, they all say BPA free on them because they are a lot of them are made out of plastic and they know that that stuff is toxic to a to a small child. Well, it's just common sense that that stuff's going to be toxic to. Uh, an adult as well, especially a female who's trying to grow a small child. Right. And to get your body ready to... To think that it's that it's okay for a child, but not okay for an adult, that's kind of ridiculous. Right. And so I just, I just, it's frustrating to me. But research actually showed that the higher the BPA levels were in blood, produced fewer eggs and embryos in an IVF cycle... And the embryos were less likely to implant and then ultimately lead to a pregnancy. That's just a large study on on BPA. I mean, there's a that right there alone is a massive, massive reason that you've got to limit your exposure. You've got to get those plastics out of your house. You've got to stop drinking out of plastic bottles. You've got to stop, you know, there are a lot of things that you've got to stop doing. And, you know, it, and it's easy to do. But you're not going to find out about that from your doctor. They, most of them just don't know that that's an impact um, that has an impact on on fertility rates. Right. Or I have heard, you know, people say, well, it was casually mentioned that, you know, hey, you may want to avoid this. And that's at some of the most advanced clinics. Right. Um, but it's not nobody makes a big deal about it. Right. It's just kind of like, you know, well, here's something that, you know, maybe you might want to think about. Right. And, you know, we're not we're not saying that all all IVF clinics are like this by any means, because there are some out there that stay up on this information. They, you know, are paying attention to the research. They're recommending, you know, a, a pretty hefty dosage of, of dietary supplements that can be beneficial that kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, align with the advice that that I would give to someone. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is there are some of these clinics where the doctors are actually getting trained in functional medicine, and that changes your perspective on things. Right. And so, I mean, they're kind of at the forefront of this, and but right. those are few and far between. Yeah, there, there's not very many out there. And if you think about it, the, these clinics, they, they're not, they can't not all of them are very good at explaining exactly why this nutrient for this thing. They just like, in general, okay, your body needs this or that or something else, but they don't really get into why specifically you need that. And that's, I mean, that's what I do as part of my job. Well, and that's why we keep getting people referred to us at this point. That's why so many of the clinics, you know, in our area have started referring patients to us because we make the whole process easier by, you know, by getting them, healthy and ready to have a healthy pregnancy, well, then, you know, it. we work hand in hand because then the fertility clinics rates of success go up, which right. is exactly what they want to. That's what they want to do because then they can rate that they can say, look, we're, 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 you know, this successful compared to the national average, which is this. Right. And we have been told by doctors that they were very skeptical. I mean, we have had yeah. that. We have had doctors say to us, 
I never would have thought it hap- it would have worked, but, you know, you've gotten this patient and this patient. You know, I mean, like, we've had success, and so now they're believers, and now they're actually referring, which is, you know, I mean, I think says a lot, but I don't want to act like that was an easy transition right. because I think for most doctors, it's not right. because it's not, you know, it's counterintuitive to be sending someone to, you know, to us instead of an endocrinologist right. for these issues. And, you know, and that's the thing. And even if even if they knew absolutely everything and why and all this stuff, IVF specialists that are trained that, that would know this information, they're really only seeing patients in the IVF circle. Right. And they're, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there are not that many people in the IVF circle. That number is growing every single year. But compared to the, the general population in the country, it's it's not that many. Right. So that's just that's just something that that uh, that is important. And then, you know, another piece of this puzzle is they just don't mention all of the other things that you can do besides take dietary supplements. You know, there there are a lot of 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 people that, you know, they're trying to get guidance and steps in the right direction, but yet they don't really know the impact of, you know, gut health on things. They don't know the impact of, you know, following the food sensitivity diet and knowing why your immune system is so important to have have under control and balanced if you're trying to be We've pregnant. We've had a number of people, you know, who, I mean, and I, well, I've talked here on here before that I had um, heavy metal toxicity that we had to address before yep. um, even trying to get pregnant. That's a huge one. Most people are never tested for it. Right. And another thing is, um, is uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, she completely blanked. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, write it down. It will snow tonight. If, it, if, it's, if, you, if you're listening to this broadcast, it will snow tonight. She completely blanked. I don't know where she was going with it either. <laughs> and that isn't very much like me, but no. it is. So you can definitely tell baby that I'm pregnant. Brain, <laughs> baby brain, baby brain, baby brain. That's the extent of my singing. It was terrible, and I apologize for it, ladies and gentlemen. Parasites. Parasites. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you. It came to her. It just took a minute. Yeah, my face is really red. I don't it know is. if anybody can see that. Yeah, it's, it's extremely red. Um, yeah, boy, we that's, so, that was Parasites funny. have been another thing that have come up when people did not know, you know, have never been tested for it, never had even thought about it being an issue. And once we address the, you know, the parasite issue, all of a sudden they get pregnant. Right. All right. We've got to take another break. Um, When we come back, we are going to continue on this little journey of uh, infertility and talking about things that that are that you need to be aware of and, and steps that you may be able to take to help yourself. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're just tuning in, we're talking today on part two of who knows how many um, on fertility and infertility. And I want to start this final segment of today's show by apologizing for my singing in the previous <laughs> segment. Um, yeah, I, I can't really sing. I'm not really sure what got into me. Um <laughs> Erin forgot a word and didn't know where she was going, and I got all excited and, and sang, <laughs> and I just want to apologize to every everyone for that. We're losing a ton of listeners Yeah, now. The, Yeah, we just lost <laughs> no followers and listeners. <laughs> no one's listening yeah. to our show at this no, point. We lost all credibility with everyone. <laughs> I, I apologize. I apologize. Um, so, all right, getting back into this. Um, so, I think a lot of women who 
are trying to become pregnant, they start looking for answers. If especially if someone if these ladies have have failed IVF, they start looking for answers everywhere they can get them. Or if they're you know, if insurance doesn't cover fertility treatments, yep. then they start looking before they even yep. get to fertility treatments because they're like, what do I do? Yes. And what do we do when that happens? They turn to Dr. Google and the internet becomes their friend. And you know, they're for as much good information as out there and can be found, there's equal an equal uh, amount of not so good information right. out there. Right. And I do want to say, you know, going through fertility treatments, I was amazed at the support of groups out there. I mean, I'm not someone who ever posts anything, but just reading what other people's experiences are was it's great to hear, okay, you know, I'm not the only person going through this and this is what, you know, other people are dealing with the same things. They're having the same feelings. They're they're you know, forgetting and- words like parasite. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that was after I got pregnant. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but I mean, um so there is so much great that comes, you know, from being able to get on the internet and, you know, connect with people. But at the same time, you know, we have a lot of people who come in and are taking things that are not backed, you know, just because somebody mentioned it in, a, you know, on a message board or something and said, hey, this worked for me. And it's not backed by research. And there's actually, you know, on some of these, some research to show that it could be detrimental. Yeah, there's a lot of research for some of these things that show they can be detrimental. I will throw out a couple of them right now because... Things like royal jelly. I mean, this is, I don't even really, honest to God, know what this stuff is. But for the most part, if you're trying to get pregnant, don't don't, don't be taking this. It's not good. And the same thing is true for L-arginine. Um, I get the theory of, well, arginine helps, you know, increase blood flow. Well, yeah, but sometimes it's there are situations where you don't want to be taking that. And pregnancy is one of them. So... Stop it if you're taking those um, and trying to to get pregnant. And if you've read that on message boards, that's misinformation. Somebody's taking something out of context, or we're told something that you know that is not actually accurate from any kind of research perspective. And I think what's interesting because I mean we went through this especially the first time. You know, I had looked some of these things up, and I remember asking the doctor, you know, can I? do this. And the response was with both doctors that we saw was that um, I don't think it's going to do any good, but it should yeah. be fine. You know, basically. And that's, that's not a, really that's true. A, that's an easy way of saying, yeah, I don't really know anything about it. I have no idea. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, you got me. I don't know. Right. And so, I mean, but the truth of the matter is a lot of this stuff does do harm. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's very important. And I mean, I know we harp on this a lot, but not we're going to try to give as best advice as we can for the masses but it you have to treat everybody as an individual so right. that's what i mean your best chance of getting pregnant is finding someone who's going to address your specific issues right. and find out what you specifically need because it isn't something that across the board increases fertility with right. everybody and just because you have hashimotos doesn't mean that you know you're going to respond like the next person that has hashimotos that's just not how we are as humans. There are way too many factors. You probably shouldn't be on levothyroxine, though. Well, uh, well <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Um, but yeah, there there are a lot of factors that that. And if play you don't here. know if you have Hashimoto's, 
you probably shouldn't be on levothyroxine. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> Cause right. Because I just thought of the fact that most of the people listening to this who are on levothyroxine have no idea they if have they no have clue. Hashimoto's because have it's no never been tested. And some people that swear that they have it, I'm like, where's the blood test to prove it? And they can't, they don't know. They just think that their doctor told them once. I'm like, well, let's actually <laughs> look and see because that's scary to me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you know, the, this, this whole relying on the internet, like I said, there's good information out there, and one of the common things that people say when they come in for any condition to our offices, you know, well, I looked this up on the internet, and there's so much conflicting information, and you're absolutely right. There is a lot of conflicting information, and figuring out what's right for you is what's important, and so that's where we come in in figuring out tailoring things specifically for you. Because you'll you'll find contradictory information between you know well-known industry experts. Expert one will say, well, this is how it needs to be done, and expert two will say, well, this is how it needs to be done, and they're kind of opposites. They're not exactly the same, and that really confuses people. But you know what you may not understand is expert one's patients are all you know have this background for the most part, and expert two's patients all have a very different background based on how they built their practices. Right, because clinical experience is going to factor into that. Absolutely. Absolutely, clinical experience is going to factor in. It's going to be a key component, and like what you're trained in and how your what your what your core training is in really makes a difference. Right. Well, and a lot of these things. I mean, you know, I come to TJ all the time, and I'm like, "Well, read this. Like, what? That's different than what you've told me." And most of the time, he's like, "Okay, that's why this doesn't work." There are other times where he's like, "Let me look it up," and then he's like, "Okay, this is why it doesn't." You know, what I mean, but. It's I'm reading the same things that, you know, other people are reading on the Internet. And when it doesn't mesh with what I have been told, I ask questions. So what's fun is I get the information from um, from research articles and I also get the information from Cosmopolitan and Vogue and everything <laughs> That's where else. That's most that, of my questions come from. <laughs> and everything else, the popular media that we're reading. Yeah. So it's funny. It really, but it's, I mean, it also lets you know from, from my perspective, it lets me know as a practitioner, where are other people's heads at? Where are other ladies thinking? What's going on out there? Because if it's being talked about in their popular, in their popular magazines and their popular media and Instagram and things like that, that's what's on the minds of, of people. And so, you know, luckily I have someone in my life that pays attention to that sort of stuff, because if it were just me, I would be completely oblivious to what is going on out there. But instead, I immerse myself in it because it's it's with me as well. <laughs> I tear out articles. And she say, tear, you need, you to, need read to read this. this. <laughs> and if I don't read it in about twenty four to forty eight hours, it's thrown right in my face. I don't you like read clutter. This. <laughs> I don't like clutter. No, no so. there's no clutter. Um, so I mean, that's just that's just one of the things that I think is important is you know making sure you're finding information that's specific to you. And like another one out there, um, so melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone that your brain makes to um, help you fall asleep at night. Um, and there's research that demonstrates that melatonin supplements improve egg quality. And melatonin is oftentimes recommended for women that are going through IVF. But the problem is that if you take melatonin supplements long term, you can disrupt your own body's ovulation. So that means that melatonin is really only helpful in an IVF context. It's really not helpful if you're not talking about IVF. 
So now we end up having a bunch of people who are having difficulty getting pregnant, but they also have problems sleeping, so they're taking melatonin. They really don't realize that in the grand scheme of things, they're disrupting their ovulation from a natural standpoint. And they really need to stop the melatonin, figure out a way to get themselves to sleep without utilizing the melatonin. And so that's a big deal that a lot of people, I, I mean, I know that they don't understand it because they're in my office and we're going through and explaining it. And they're literally looking at me like, well, how come my doctor didn't tell me this? Well, your doctor didn't know. They weren't trained. They haven't read the research. They just don't know that it exists. Just like I don't know the you know latest things that have happened in automobiles. I, that's not my that's not my industry. That's not my that's not what I do. So I don't pretend to to know. And so you know what what we end up with is we have people that are dealing with this stuff over and over. So anyway, that's about all the time we've got for today. Um, we're going to come back and talk more about this. Find us on Facebook, um, our website, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Give us a call, 314-293-8123. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening.